just introduce yourself to our listeners and uh, tell us about some of the books that you've written? Great. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, I My name is Jared Garrett. I actually was uh, born and raised in a pretty crummy cult that splintered off of Scientology in the 60s. It wound up in the United States uh, 10 years later, and I was born a few years after that and raised in it as it moved all over the country. Um, ultimately, it settled in the in kind of the West, and I spent most of my life in that cult in Dallas, Texas. When it was going through some real issues, I was able to escape when I was 17 and moved in with my father, who'd left about a year before, and had one year of real regular school, regular high school. It was awesome. Uh, made a lot of friends. But during the time of the cult, I read a lot of books because they were basically my only uh, safe place. It was mm-hmm. like it was the only thing I had any control over was to read and imagine stories. So I, I probably read thousands of books. Um, I read every single fantasy book, science fiction book, mystery, um, chapter book, romance book, uh, espionage book <laughs> in the Oak uh, Lawn branch of the Dallas Public Library System mm. over about six years there. So I, I did a lot of reading, a lot of comics as well. So Peter Parker's my guy. Wow. And those stories really helped me just find an anchor and start to find a, a an approach to how I could stay, honestly, stay stay mentally well and emotionally uh, resilient. So um, it, it was natural for me to start writing books. I was writing stories from around age 15 or 16. I started writing seriously at age 17. Mm. I started writing really terrible poetry at about the same time. Um, <laughs> and nobody ever gets to see that poetry ever, except for those poor, poor girls that I shared it with. Tell you what, <laughs> man, those poor kids. That's oh, anyway, I, I actually still have it, but I think I probably need to bury it in my backyard. Um, Gosh, anyway, dang. so Gosh, uh, and then I, I actually joined the the church when uh, I was around 19, was able to get on a mission wow. to Brazil pretty quick and ca- came back a changed person. I uh, taught at the MTC my, my second day at BYU. I met the smartest person I've ever known, and we dated and got married a year and a half later. And uh, we've been married for 25 years. Oh are raising seven amazing kids who just are endlessly delightful and basically my best friends. And now I've written, I've written 15 books. I've published oh. 12. Um, I have a four book series that's autobiographical. First two books are really close to true. Mm. And the last two are inspired by true events. So you can say, <laughs> and then a fantasy and science fiction books as well. So hopefully oh. that's a good rundown of me. No, that's wonderful. Wow. Do you mind if I ask you why you decided to join the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints out of any church? And I'm surprised that you still stuck with religion. I mean, it sounds like you obviously have a very close relationship with God, and that's something that you wanted to to continue forward with. So it, it, it's quite an interesting story. Um, I So— the cult that I was in was really a bad thing, Natalia. It was it was really I don't I don't recommend cults. In fact, I discourage cults in, in, in any form. Oh, well, um, I, I got bet. out of it and was super super jaded about religion. Um, I called myself an atheist. Looking back on it now, I can see that I was more of technically an agnostic, where I kind of mm. wanted some sort of indication or proof that there was a god. Mm. Uh, but I really had no time for religion and was invited by many friends to. Um, to participate, to go to church with them, to participate in youth activities. They called them mutual back in the day, I guess. Um, And I just turned them down all the time because you couldn't get more jaded than, much more jaded than I was about any kind of religion. 
And I super didn't see any reason to believe in the kind of God that I'd been taught growing up. That was not okay, wow. a God I could worship. That wasn't a God I could um, think anything good about. It certainly wasn't a God I could love and dedicate a life to. So, Well, excuse my assumption. That was my life. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. No worries. I, it was, the, cult, the cult was bad and they, they preached a bad God. Um, mm. So I... I really, I wasn't struggling. I was happy with my life. I was going to St. George. Uh, I lived in Kanab. I was going to St. George and uh, hanging out with college girls there. I was going to Cedar City and hanging out with college girls there, having a good time. My life was good. I was writing stories. I was in a, a creative writing program. And then uh, I got a job acting, um, doing some mm. Old West gunfight melodrama in Kanab wow. and made a best friend who I'd actually graduated with, but hadn't really been able to interact with much. But mm. we were good friends already. We became best friends, and after each show, we would go get a terrible, terrible burger from <laughs> a convenience store, sit on a stone wall, and talk. Yeah. And he would he would bear his testimony to me. I just didn't realize what he was doing. Wow. He ended up going on a mission to, to, to Kenya, mm. um, and I was like, where's my friend? And then my roommate, who I'd grown up with, also in the cult, he, he was invited by a very, very pretty young woman to go to her house and listen to the missionaries, and he mm. said yes. And I'm pretty sure I know why. Um, <laughs> and then he wound up having the missionaries come to our apartment. And uh, very conveniently, every time they were sitting down to have a discussion, mm. I was coming home. So wow. I sat in on discussions and found them fairly, I mean, standard for religion, I guess. I'd been to several religions by this time. I checked out Baptists and stuff like that and sure. Catholic masses and stuff. And it never really sparked anything. But those missionaries were inspired and smart. And they found out about my life in this terrible cult. They found out about uh, an ongoing hurt deep, deep in me about how my oldest brother had escaped from the cult when he was much younger mm. and when I was seven. And then he, I, never, I heard from him one time, um, three years later, and then I found out he'd been killed in a terrible, terrible uh, event when I was 13. Oh my gosh. And I always felt like, yeah, it was terrible. Um He's the only person I ever trusted growing in, up in the cult. And then he left, which felt like a betrayal. And then he died, which was terrible. Okay, not to interrupt and your train it of was thought, a hard but hurt. Not to interrupt, well, excuse good. me, but just a quick question. So was <laughs> his death affiliated with the cult? No, he, okay. he'd gotten out. No, it was a semi sort of a result, though, to tell you the truth. I mean, as we wow. can see, things leave a mark. We know we know mental and tra trauma can leave a real a real mark. So he, he got out and he was a, what you would absolutely call a, a troubled youth. Wow. He got into drugs um, oh. and wound up actually uh, being trying to go to college, but trying to get his life together, but not being able to. He had he wasn't really processing and dealing with the, the stuff we'd gone through. And yeah. he he just he got involved mm. in a drug deal that went very, very bad. And he died. Oh, and it was very hard. It became a kind of a a big uh, motivating emotional thing where I was angry at the cult for him. And uh, lonely and lonely anger became my defining emotion, which isn't wow. really a productive way to live. Mm, I know. Uh, it's not a sob story. This is actually a really cool story. So okay. I'm getting there. It's really Back cool. Back on track. So these missionaries, <laughs> they found out about my my oldest brother, uh, Daniel was his name. And they also found out that I was an absolutely hopeless romantic. I'd been reading hero <laughs> stories my whole life about heroes who fight for their true love. And I was like, yeah. let's go. <laughs> We're going to Darwin. Well, let me get some of that. I love it. Um, so they said in the third or fourth discussion at the time, they said, hey, Jared, you remember how you talked about Daniel? What would you say if we said you could actually help him now? 
And I was like, what now? Mm. And what would you say if we said you could live with your true love when you get married forever, for like eternity, eternity, like your love would never die till death does do you part doesn't happen. And I was like, wow. now that's interesting. Mm. And then I ignored the rest of what they had to say. <laughs> but then um, that they, they found a little crack. And I think the, the spirit started to work on me there. And then I had a few experiences that were like, I don't know, maybe I want to look into this. But then I had a very special experience that I won't be specific about. But uh, I was in the rain um, one early fall day or mid-fall day, and missionaries had already said they they would come back if we wanted them to, but they were kind of done. Um, mm. And I had an experience where God said he was real to me uh, very, very clearly and undeniably. And I called the missionaries a week later after trying to figure out what, what had happened and picked up the Book of Mormon uh, a few days after this experience and opened the Second Nephi 31, and it said, get baptized. So wow. I called the missionaries, and the missionaries mm. said, okay, we'll baptize you. So I was baptized a couple of weeks later and they were probably excited. on a mission again, a year and four months later. Uh, and then it was interesting to have, um, to be on a mission less than a year and a half after I'd, um, well, less than a year and a half after I'd started believing in God for one thing. Um, yeah. and only a couple of years after I'd gotten out of that, that silly cult thing, right. but definitely the, the crack in, in my, in the wall of against any kind of religion or religious experience was, was, you know, that hurt. And it's beautiful how Heavenly Father and the, and the Holy Ghost and, and the grace of our, of the atonement can, can heal us and work in us, even if we don't realize it, you know, it's a, it's very special to look back on. I mean, cause it's not, it's not ever going to not be terrible right. that my oldest brother was killed and, but it doesn't hurt anymore because I can see how Heavenly Father made it work for some very good in my own life. So mm. I have a memory of the pain, but I don't, I don't feel that pain anymore. It's a special thing. Wow. That's, oh my goodness. Holy cow. So now I write book. <laughs> now I write book. See, yeah. <laughs> I, maybe I should have said some yes. of this in our email. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. No, I, I'm learning so much about you. Well, you, you have a deep, you have a deep history and a very unique background. Um, that's obviously set you up to write the things that you have. And so your first book, let's talk about your your first book. Is that Beyond the Cabin? Sure. Or is, is there another book? Yes, oh, you've book? done some yeah. research. <laughs> exactly. So my first published book was Beyond the Cabin. Um, and it's not my, the first book I wrote. Like all authors, the first book and stories that I wrote mm, weren't good. That's okay. <laughs> good nuggets, not a whole good execution. But Beyond the Cabin, I wrote that. Absolutely. To try to tell a story about me. Um, and mm -hmm. it took me two years to write the first draft of it in a way that I felt like I was telling myself the right story. And then it took another two years to rewrite it several times to be able to feel happy about the possibility that I was telling the right story to others now. And then it took me another year to rewrite it several more times. Mm. Um, it became an obsessive project almost. Um, I was going to a lot of writing classes to try to figure out why, why I didn't feel like it was, it was killing. Mm. Anyway, I ultimately felt really happy with it and started submitting it all over the place, doing some revisions as I did it. And then agents uh, were, were getting back to me finally saying, hey, this is good. This is solid. I have no idea what to do with this book. Um, yeah. it's like a memoir, but it's fiction. It's like young adult, but it's really heavy duty. Sometimes I uh, don't know what to do with it. Good luck. And after 50 agents tell you good writing, solid writing, really no idea what to do with this book. It's like, well, 
Mm. Friends, I know exactly what to do with this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I went and got some help and got some art and self-published it. Wow. In 2014, end of 2014. Wow. That's amazing. And it's mostly true. It's about 90% true. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And there's four books in this Fun book. series. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wild thing to tell you. Actually, it's... So that book I published it at the end of 2014, and it's like, yeah, I got the book done, and it's got an abrupt ending. And some readers would be like, uh, Jared, um, <laughs> how would you feel about telling me what happened next? I'm like, and I just would say, uh, no, the story's over. Wow. You figured out how to be free without having to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a very important triumph. Uh, and I was like, this is a good ending, and it was an okay ending. Mm-hmm. But then in um, like 20, 2018. I, I got, I, I published a few more books and I was getting better at it. And I got to talking to a couple of people and they're like, Jared, it sounds like there's another book that you could write about this, about this. Cause it's kind mm-hmm. of you. And they were right. And, uh, I had ideas start flowing and I started writing them down. And in my processes, I usually will free write for about 20,000 words. And if it sticks and it feels like it's right, I'll, I'll keep going. And I did that and I kept going and never, and didn't stop. I did it. And I think I wrote finding home and a month, maybe Whoa. five weeks. Wow. Um, something like that. That's Came out fast. Yeah. Got it done. And I was like, yay, now the series is done. And then <laughs> like a week later, I'm in the shower. No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> uh, see, scenes just started pouring into my, my brain. And so I took a couple years to chew on them and then wrote those two books in about a nine-week period. Uh, the last wow. two, uh, World's Apart and Bury Your Heart. And yeah, I mean, it's how it is. I mean, writing, creatives really... Anybody who's doing a creative thing of any kind, there's a lot of creating going on inside the brain before we actually start producing something. And uh, I, I've, I've, I've learned to embrace that process and just let it happen sure. as, I, as I go about my other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So you've self-published all four in your series? I have, yeah. Wow. Um, the last two, uh, Worlds Apart and Carry Your Heart, came out in i believe i did march and april of this year um and uh yeah they're they're really fun it's been fun to to learn you know about publishing in in, in today's industry and trying to reach readers and being really bad at it so i, I gotta learn how to do it better <laughs> the, the writing is really fun the marketing is is starting to become fun yeah. but you got to make friends with marketing you, you just got to stop treating it like an enemy and i'm i'm getting i'm getting there slowly well that's great so tell me about your other books yeah. then and the genres that they embrace. Well, I'm looking right at them. So I've got, I have one side that is that contemporary fiction is the genre, mm-hmm. young adult contemporary fiction. That's the the Finding Home series, as I call it, starting with Beyond the Cabin. Then I have another side of uh, books, just speculative fiction. So fantasy and science fiction. Um, I've got one standalone. Uh, they call it urban fantasy for genre. It's called The Seer. It's kind of like X-Men meets Indiana Jones uh, in uh, a world of uh, in which an ancient Jewish prophecy is actually coming to pass. About 36 righteous people upon whom the world uh, depends. Uh, The world would be destroyed if they if they weren't doing their work. Uh, And it's actually called the Lamed Vavnik is is how they say it, I think, in Hebrew. Mm. I just I I wrote this was an idea from an author friend. He wrote a book about one of these 36 righteous people. The series is called The 36. My book is called The Seer, and it's super fun. Um, it's like an espionage thriller, but with a guy who found the cloak of Joseph uh, from Egypt, and he put it on, and now he can look into people's hearts through their eyes. Wow. Um, 
And unfortunately, he looks into the heart of a terrorist. And now he has to decide if he's going to become a superhero or not. And wow. mix that with a spy thriller. And it's a lot of fun. I got such a kick out of writing that one. Yeah, I So that's fantasy. And then I actually have another fantasy uh, series. It's just a three-book series called The Guide and the Sword Trilogy. And it's it would be fair to call it Book of Mormon fan fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hey, like, sometimes. It really, really is because I super love that book. The Book of Mormon is the actual best book I've ever read. Wow. Um, and so years ago, I was reading it, like we all, a lot of us do, and, and I was really struck by this, this guy. So we hear how Captain Moroni, you know, he's trying to fight off the bad guys, and he's he, he goes to get into a city. He's trying tried to infiltrate a city, mm. and. Uh, one of the that some guy lets him in and i'm like wait wait, who is this guy again and it turns out the person who lets him in the lamanite who lets captain moroni in is one of the lamanite king's servants who ran away when amalekiah showed up and knifed the king and i was like hold on a lamanite just let nephites into a lamanite city that's crazy um so i read i i, I went back and read anything i could find about him and i'm like okay i'm writing a, i'm writing a story about this guy that's <laughs> that's cool and so and so that series was born, uh, and, and it's about a, this young man um, named Lakoni who is trying to save his village from terrible raiders who are murderous, and he doesn't make it, and he's left for dead. And when he comes out of it, um, he finds out that his sister's been kidnapped for some reason, and there's maybe more to his, his parents' story than they were telling him, and he, um, he, he's going to go get his sister and kill his, kill his own king. Wow. Um, but then he finds out that there's more more to the world than he realized. And he kills the king. He might bring about the worst evil that could possibly be imagined. And it goes from there. And it gets more fantastical than the Book of Mormon does, because the Book of Mormon's true. Um, sure. And these are not. Uh, this becomes more of a mishmash of Book of Mormon mythology and uh, Incan, Aztec, and Mayan kind of mash up, as well as some biblical, the Book of Revelations mythology as well. So wow. it's really fun. Like, it's... It's a really informed by books like Tarzan and shows like Avatar, The Last Airbender and other really cool ancient American, Native American, indigenous peoples, mythology and lore and culture. I try to, you know, there's there's nothing but respect, but I'm, I'm pretty shameless when it comes to mashing things in and, and trying to make a, a fun story. So what? I feel like it's pretty good. Wow, great. Really fun. And then I just got a, a science fiction duology called Beat and Push, which... You know, it's just about the murder of humanity and a young kid who's trying to solve that murder. Wow. So, so good times. <laughs> you have a lot for people to choose from. Where would you recommend they start if they're just being introduced to your work for the first time? Well, I would uh, thank them eternally for starting to read my book, for one thing. And then I, um, you know, it depends on if you want to have you know, a really, really emotional, gut-wrenching experience and then stand up and cheer. No, wait, all of my books do that. <laughs> okay, so, uh, sorry. I, I believe in heroes who get the, the ever-loving, you know, crud beat out of them, mm. uh, but never give up and then win. I believe in happy endings. So if you're looking for a good uh, science fiction book, Beat is a great place to start. It's super fun. If you're looking for contemporary fiction that will kind of open your eyes to to the, ins- the inside workings of a of cult, but also be an uplifting kind of bittersweet read, uh, a little bit like Bridge to Terabithia. Uh, Beyond the Cabin is a great start. But also, if you want something that reminds you of Tarzan and Avatar The Last Airbender, um, I would recommend Lacona. It's it's nonstop fun. Wow. 
Oh, wonderful. Well, last random question. I see here on your website that you've won a game show. Do you want to tell our audience a bit about that? <laughs> I sure did. That's awesome. Yep. That's wonderful. <laughs> a game show called The Hustler, hosted by Craig Ferguson. And I mean, you know, I'm not that familiar with it, but I'd love to learn more from you. Yeah, tell us how you got well, introduced to that show. Well, that, that, you bet. Um, would you like to learn more about The Hustler? No, uh, sorry. Um, so, yes, I, my wife and I really, really think Craig Ferguson is brilliant. We watched him do a late night hosting show, which he was actually replaced by James Corden. So he was the host mm. of that show before Corden was. And he's brilliant. He's right. he's, he's very self-effacing. He, he's humble. He's a cool, funny guy. Yeah. So I, I follow him on Twitter, you know, on the Twits. And he, or X, I guess. <laughs> I guess it's I X know. now. I don't know what you want to call So he... Yeah. He started hosting this this game show called The Hustler, and I was mildly curious about it. And I was like, what is that show? So I looked into it, and I thought, well, that's very intriguing, and started watching it. And then he retweeted a casting call for it. Now, I've done stage acting. I was an extra in a movie once. I bet I could do that. Plus, it turns out I'm a super, super good liar. So I applied for the show uh, and got got called two days later to start the audition process and the audition process was a month and a half but yeah the show is and i got cast the show is uh it's like a, a cross between jeopardy and survivor where uh five people are in what's in a set that's made to look like a library greg asks a trivia question and all, the five people have to actually agree on the answer before they can give the answer to him and then if any every answer they get right they get money put in the bank and every answer they get wrong there's no no money but the twist is that one of those people's the hustler, and they've been given all the answers. And um, they're trying to help everybody get all the right answers mm. without everybody figuring out who's helping them. Sure. Um, so it's very, you have to be very careful and very subtle. And you have to not give anybody any kind of signal that you could possibly be the hustler. Because at the end of the show, if they haven't figured out who the hustler is, mm. the hustler takes all the money. And if they have figured out who the hustler is, they get to split the money. Nice. Well, friends, I was the hustler. Wow. And it was awesome. And I totally <laughs> destroyed those poor people, like merciless destruction of those poor, poor people. Wow. Um, and the, the problem that they had is that I, I, I look like just some regular dude because I do. Sure. I look, I'm, I'm, I've got the dad bod plus oh. uh, <laughs> I've got thinning hair, thinning hair and I look just normal. But Love apparently that. I'm a master manipulator and liar. And um, <laughs> yeah, they had no hope. <laughs> And my my win is tied uh, with the the biggest win, tied with a spy for the biggest win on the show. Wow. But sadly, just this one's a sad ending. My, that mm -hmm. show only went for two seasons. Gosh, dang it. Um, it was on ABC. It was getting two or three million views, but apparently mm -hmm. that's not not enough for ABC, so they canceled what? it. Really? And yeah, it was yeah, it's frustrating. It was available on Hulu yeah. for a while, and then it went to uh, Prime for a little while. And mm. I had some friends tell me they tried to go see it and, they, and they, it wasn't even on Prime anymore. So I don't what? I don't know if I can direct anybody to some place that they That's can see so it, unfortunately. Sad. Well, I, you know, there I are know. Art, there's articles and it looks like they have trailers for their oh, cool. seasons. But I see you in an article. You, did you have a huge beard? No, I no, I didn't you? have a beard at that time. I was Unless already just... a, I was already a bishop. <laughs> I came see. home from the show. And my board members started calling me Bishop Liar because my board members have great senses of humor. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, I, it's, that's I'm, funny. I'm on season two, episode six. Okay. Uh, well, it's, it was fun. so much fun. It's like one of my best moments. 
I love that. I love that. I love that so much. Well, great. Well, is there anything else? Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like us to know? I mean, do you want to just end with where people can find you and your website and if people can find you on social media? Awesome. I I really appreciate that, actually. Yeah, I've got two websites because Jared Garrett is my real name and that's what I write my contemporary fiction under. So it's just jaredgarrett.com, spelled the way it sounds. And I've actually turned all my fantasy and science fiction into a pen, under a pen name, which is Jerry with a G, G-E-R-R-Y, Ironspear, spelled like it sounds. Mm-hmm. And that's also a website, jerryironspear.com. But you can just literally Google Jared Garrett. Find me on Twitter, sadly, <laughs> um, <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, uh, you can find me in some several other places from there. But I've been doing this for a long time, and it's pretty easy to find uh, me. So, I mean, my books are available on Amazon and through my websites as well. You can just email me and I can send autographed copies and stuff. But I mean, the most important thing to know is that uh, everybody is God's children and he loves us. And we have we have endless grace uh, and access to it. So life can be a lot better than we think sometimes. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. 